you're going to go to FMP or become a nurse practitioner. I'm like, whoa, hold on. I don't want to do that. Um, and then I was still very in my debt mindset. Like, I have so much debt. I'm like, am I going to put myself through more debt? What is up, guys? Jason here. Welcome back to the channel in our series, Nurses to Riches, The Road to Fire. In our last episode, we spoke with Nanel, the UK nurse that went from having 10,000 subscribers to 80,000 subscribers in less than 10 months and has been bringing in up to five times her nursing income from her earnings as a content creator. But in this episode, we're going to be speaking with Sheila. Sheila is a Filipina nurse that moved to the US when she was 10 years old. She graduated nursing school with around $75,000 of debt and paid it all off within two years of landing her first nursing job. We're going to be speaking with Sheila about what it took her to pay off all of that debt and her reasoning behind it. And just like every other guest, we're going to be tearing Sheila's finances apart. So Sheila, please introduce yourself. Let us know what state you grew up in and why you decided to become a nurse. Hi everyone. My name is Sheila. Um, I grew up in New York. I decided to become a nurse because honestly, I didn't know what I wanted to do when I was in high school. And I had a lot of nurses in my family, typical. And, you know, um, it was great to, to have them as my role models. And, you know, I was always seeing that in the family. So I was like, you know what, let me just try this out. And I did, and it was honestly the best thing ever. It was very difficult, like going through school and everything. But I think once you get past that and then you start working, it's like different types of challenge, but in like a good way. Did you go to school here in the U.S. or did you go to school in the Philippines? So I went to school here in New York and I went to a private school in Long Island. I did come here when I was 10 years old and I, that was I believe it was fourth grade. Yeah. So I've been here since I was fourth grade. <laughs> yeah. Monica, my wife also came here. Well, she came here when she was 11 years old, but mm. similar situation also. Um, and you know, it's funny. I interviewed Ivan. He was like my second episode on this channel. He's Filipino. Also, his wife is Filipina. And he told me that his family and his parents are engineers. And I'm like, what kind of Filipinos are those? <laughs> what <is that>? <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but hey, you know what? Every time I speak to a Filipino, I always expect them to be in the medical field, whether it is like nursing or doctors, because there's a lot of doctors in the Philippines also. So what type of facility did you first get employed in? Um, so I worked in a big facility in New York City, Mount Sinai Health System. So oh. they have multiple, yeah, so they have multiple <laughs> hospitals in the city, you know, part of the conglomerate. There's a few of them. Yeah. yeah. That's where Monica got her first hospital job. She used to work home health care before mm -hmm. she became an acute care nurse. And her first job was at Mount Sinai. Which <laughs> it's by um, 104th Street in Manhattan and Fifth oh, okay. Avenue. Yeah. So those. Second, so I worked in two different locations. As a new grad, I worked in the one by um, Columbus Circle to oh. Mount Sinai West. Then when I went to the PICU, which yeah. was like about a year and four months later, I moved to that the main hospital in Central Park. And do you have an ADN or do you have your BSN? BSN. Okay. And what made you choose ABSN versus ADN? I think it was like, honestly, for me, I thought that would be my only option. I didn't look into ASN because I knew that it would be easier to get a job because a lot of those hospitals in New York City are requiring BSNs anyway, like I either in the first couple of years or right away. So I just thought like, I was like, you know what, let me just do it now because I'm going to have to do it again anyway yeah. later, down, later yeah. down the line. So 
Yeah, you know, that's actually the same reason for me and Monica. We decided to get our BSN because we realized that a lot of hospitals were requiring that as a minimum in order to get a job in New York City. It's exactly. not like that if you if you go outside of New York City, but definitely within the city, that's how it is. Um, now that we live in California, though, like if you're working in a non-teaching hospital, the BSN is not required. So like where we work right now, we work with so many nurses with ASN, ADNs, and mm -hmm. they're making the same amount of money as us. There's like no differential either for a nurse with a BSN. Yeah, yeah right. Wait, we're going to get into this, but I was looking through my stubs yesterday when I was like preparing to send you stuff. Yeah. It, this is a joke. I'll say it right now, but like yeah. my bachelor differential on yeah. my check is, yeah. is like, it's like 1200, right? It's like, it's by the hour. So it's like six cents an hour. <laughs> you mean to tell me I went $75,000 in debt to get 60 cents an hour? I'm like, make it make sense. I don't understand. Like, you know what I mean? I was like, this is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's part of the reason why we were like, we thought New York City was a joke. They want you to have advanced degrees, but they don't really compensate you well enough for them. So like right. here, I'm looking at these ADN, ASN nurses, and they're making way more than all those nurses with advanced degrees in New York City. I was honestly, because there's such a big push and there's nothing wrong with this. There's such a big push. Like, you know, while you're still fighting for your life, trying to get your bachelor's, everyone's already like, all right, when are you going to go to FMP or become a nurse practitioner? I'm like, whoa, hold on. I don't want to do that. Um, and then I was still very in my debt mindset. Like I have so much debt. I'm like, am I going to put myself through more debt? And for what? Exactly. So do you remember how much you were making in your first job? Yes. So <laughs> I looked everything up. So this is, these are the numbers. All right, my first job, I was making my base. So this is a union hospital. Um, my base was $46 an hour. And my BSN was 72 cents differential. And my night shift differential was $2.76. So it's about like $49 an hour for my first nursing job in New York. Well, you know what? I have to say that's one of the highest ones we've heard so far. <laughs> right. I know you had guests that were working at Georgia or something like that. And $20, I'm like, that's painful. Yeah, yeah. but... What people don't understand, though, is that even though you're making that much in New York City, it's the cost of living in New York City is enormous. I'm single and like the, the amount of taxes I pay, it's like heartbreaking. So you started out in the PICU? No, so I started out um, adult med surge, actually. Yeah. And it was a surgical floor, um, super heavy, lots of surgeries. It started off one to six patients per nurse per night. And by the time I left, which was like a year and change later, it was normal to get like seven, eight patients. Like it wow. was wild. And everybody is like post-surgery, all sorts of surgeries. So you have, <sighs> it's. <laughs> Pain management for every single patient. Mm -hmm. Were they on PCA pumps also? Yes. And, um, yes. And a lot of them also would have like, you know, the POs every four hours, every, so it's mad. I think about that. Like, wow. That was an interesting part of my life. Like <laughs> it was really hard. And as new kids, you know? Yeah. When Monica worked at Mount Sinai, she worked at a GI unit. It was med surge also, mm -hmm. but she used to deal with a lot of patients with like liver issues. And she still has nightmares till this day about that unit. <laughs> 
lives with you forever. You know, no matter how much you think you've moved on, it's yeah. still there. <laughs> and now I know. talking about it with you, I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> so you did that for a year and a half. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you left at like the height of the pandemic, right? Yes. Yeah. So I started applying. Um, I, I was always kind of passively looking at jobs. I'm always like looking for jobs at work. I'm like, I can't do this. And then so finally, I got a job around October of 2019. And yeah, um, I left December of 2019. I started orientation for the PICU January of 2020 right before the pandemic. So, I mean, if we're going to talk about right time, my old unit turned into obviously COVID, the whole hospital, all my friends got COVID. I was like, I, that would have been me, you yeah. know? And I don't know if you remember, we saw those nurses that um, were like all over the news from the beginning of the pandemic from New York wearing garbage bags. That used to be my old yes. This distraught nurse says she's putting her job on the line, speaking out today in support of three colleagues photographed wearing garbage bags, a picture that sent shockwaves across the USA. There are nurses in the hospital that are struggling and crying and running crazy. That was my old no. And those were nurses I worked with, yes. When I tell you I was shook, I was like, this is... You must have been like, I dodged the bullet in that one. <laughs> No, for sure. I felt lucky. But then as nurses, I was obviously like, dang, like, what else can I do to help? Like, yeah. you know what I mean? So um, it actually led me to a whole other thing. Uh, I started a fundraiser around. Really? Uh, yeah. I, I forgot about this, but <laughs> I started a fundraiser in, uh, I want to say around April. So like I said, a lot of my friends were working, you know, all, you know, in the middle of it. Right. I had a lot of friends who were PAs working in the ED and everything. So all the stories, we were always talking about it. And I felt kind of guilty because I was like, mm, I'm not really dealing with all that stuff. But and then I'm thinking, I'm like, how else can I help? Like, what can I do? Right. So randomly, I started like, oh, let me send all of my friends like five dollars so they can get coffee, like who are working, you know, in the ED and all these units that are like dealing with COVID and stuff. This area in Queens called Elmhurst got really hit really bad. Yes. Um. So, I, okay, you heard about it. And all yeah. over Queens, you know, there's very like Hispanic minorities, like this area in Queens, you know, it's very diverse. So I started this fundraiser. I started just kind of talking about it first with my friends. Then I made like a GoFundMe. The whole mission of it is that I wanted to help the community in Queens while the funding that I got, I facilitated local restaurants. I like connected with them and I was like, hey, I started a fundraiser. I'm going to give you money. I'll make this order. We'll send it to this hospital, other hospitals, multiple different hospitals that I was working with in Queens. So I was connecting the local, um, local restaurants because everything was closed back then, right? Yeah. So um, I was connecting them and then I was, you know, kind of giving them money. And then they were then making all these meals, preparing everything and sending it to whichever unit that I um, ended up kind of connecting with in the hospital. Like whether it'd be like, hey, I have a friend in the EZ that works in this hospital. All right, I'm going to send you guys a meal for one of these days or one of your shifts. Um, let me know how many people working that night or that day. 
and um, we're going to send you a meal. And then that's that. So it was, it started off like that. And then I did a few deliveries. I did some myself actually. Yeah. So it was like connecting the community and like really just trying to help the local businesses and the hospitals and the people that are working there and to kind of uplift them a little bit, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so that that's what I was doing. Um, yeah. You know, I remember, yeah, that is such an amazing thing that you did because I remember at the time, all these businesses were boarded up. That's depressing. A new survey by the Manhattan Borough President of vacancies along the 244 blocks of Broadway found 335 street-level vacant storefronts compared to 188 in 2017, a 78% increase in vacancies. And also they were afraid because of looting that was still occurring at the time. Mm -hmm. And they had to let go of employees because they weren't making any money. So man, to be able to help them at a time like that, I think you did such an amazing thing. And then not only are you helping the businesses, but you're also providing food and, and, you know, things for your coworkers or your colleagues that are all the way over there in Elmhurst, even though you don't work with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it wasn't just, I just want to say it wasn't just Elmhurst. It was like a wow. few different hospitals, oh. Queens, like, so I was using social media a lot and I was messaging restaurants myself. Right. And I was hitting up all these people that I've met that I know who work in Queens and they work in this hospital, Jamaica Hospital, Elmhurst, um, New York Presbyterian in Queens, um, Flushing Hospital, like multiple. And I was like, I really wanted to focus in Queens because all the big hospitals in Manhattan were getting like donations from like bigger food chains or bigger. Yeah. You know, they have more money. Oh, so, yeah. Help. I mean, I, I lived in Queens, right? So I was like, yeah. of course, it was like near and dear to me. So I was like, this is what I'm going to do. And I just reached out and it was like, it, and it was nice because, you know, it was it really showed that like community coming together. Absolutely. And for those of you that don't know about like the different boroughs in New York City, Queens would be considered a lower income borough. Um, boroughs are like smaller neighborhoods or within a city, right? So um, Manhattan, obviously it's in Manhattan. So it has the higher proportion of people that are higher income, right? And then you have Brooklyn, you have Queens that are lower income individuals that live there. So Queens specifically like by Jamaica, Queens and Elmhurst, you're going to have people that are a lot lower income than the people that live in Manhattan. So to be able to provide, you know, business to the restaurants and food for those employees that work in the hospitals. I think that's, that's an amazing thing that you did. Yeah. So I I liked it. It was nice just connecting with people and really, you know, um, hearing about their stories and everything and just seeing how happy they were. Like, you know, they were the the people that I was um, uh, messaging that were working in the restaurants and everything. They were so grateful, you know, I was and, and they just like really want everybody just wanted to help each other. Um, it was like the most amazing thing you know in retrospect now i'm thinking about it i was like oh my gosh wow like (laughs) you know but it like everybody was very scared very this but you know at the same time it's like man i'm losing my business like these are like things that i can do to help you know everybody was just like i can do this to help myself and like help everybody else you know so it was just Unreal. Okay, so you decided to transition from med surge, right? GI med surge, post surgery to PICU, and you started in January in the PICU. Why did you decide to go from med surge adult to pediatric ICU? Getting a med surge job, it was not my choice. It was like what I could get. And of no, it took me nine months to get that job. I was going on multiple interviews. Yeah. Wait, <laughs> hold on a second. You didn't have any connections as a Filipina. <laughs> Listen, I had the connections and I was like, 
everyone was like, yeah, yeah, I'll help you out. And it was this, I had gone on a lot of interviews for a while, you know, and I wasn't getting a job. And I was like, really sad. I was like, you know, looking for a full time job at that point was a full time job in its in itself, you know, and I was like, I had experience in pediatrics, like some sort of setting, right? It's not hospital, but it was this and I had all these recommendations and what and I was just like, wow. So actually the job that I ended up getting was, yeah, it was through a Filipino friend. Her brother-in-law was working in that unit. So it kind of helped me out, which was great because I'm like, I didn't even know him that well. And he put in a good word for me and this and that really helped me out. Um, but all the other ones, I was just like, I really didn't know why I wasn't getting a job and it was sad but it's okay it worked out you know what I mean um and that's the thing I just really think that like things happen for a reason and I ended up in that place you know for that year and get my experience like even though it was a nightmare you know what I mean all the experience you're getting you can bring that wherever else you go after so I ended up in the pediatric ICU actually by accident really (laughs) so okay so I started looking at jobs right and then but then the system, I was like, okay, I really don't want to be an adult anymore. So I'm like actively looking for pediatric jobs, obviously. Like I already have the experience now, right? I took my pals at the main hospital at Mount Sinai and the instructor was working. She was really great, actually. The way she was, like I loved her energy and the way she was talking and everything. And she, at the end of it, I was kind of just like, hey, I really want to go into pediatric. She was like, well, I work in the pediatric ICU if you want to, you know, go over there, we can meet the managers afterwards and stuff. And I personally did not think I would end up in the ICU or queue. I was kind of just like, all right, yeah, sure, let's go. Yeah. And so she toured me, I loved it, met the managers and um, applied, interviewed this and that, and then got the job. Are you still working there or did you end up moving to a different hospital or department? No, I left a year ago to travel nurse. <laughs> <laughs> why Why travel nursing out of all things? Okay, so I think it ended up, um, I started looking into it again, like passively. I wasn't, you know, a friend of mine that I was working with over there left um, 2021 of last year. And then she's, she left to travel nurse out in Houston. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's cool. We could do that or whatever. You know, I was like, first of all, I'm not married. I don't have kids. I don't have any ties here. And I had paid off my debt in 2020. So I was just like, you know, why not? But I wasn't like actively looking into it. But then I started following this recruiter who is now my recruiter actually on Instagram. I found her because a lot of nurses that I was following who started doing travel nursing, I messaged her one day. Just was in the early summer of 21 last year year i'm like oh how's the um picky market in california we talked again in august and next thing you know i signed the contract i was out here by september sold ended my lease sold all my furnitures got a storage unit. yeah it was it was crazy like it, it happened really fast but it was so good and i was so excited because so just to ask her a question, I was like, is California still offering like, you know, for travel nurses, like an emergency license, kind of like you don't have to have your California license at the time. She was like, yes, some hospitals are. And she calls me. She's like, I need nurses. Now I was like, just for fun, what are the rates right now? She's like, my highest paying contract right now is in Long Beach. And I was like, oh my God. So five years ago at that time, I always wanted to live in the South Bay and <laughs> in California and other yeah. California. So I was like, wow, like the rates made sense, right? It was so high. But then most importantly for me, it was going to be in a location that I've always wanted to be in anyway. So I was like, why not? Like, you know what I mean? 
So yeah. that's how that happened. And the money was great, of course, but it was like a really good career move in a way where in New York, I was living and we, you know, we talked about the rates, right? This is, you're going to laugh. I was netting probably just 1100 a week. I was getting paid by that time in the picky, right? I was getting paid weekly. So after all my taxes and I was contributing to my 403B, after all that, I was coming home probably 1100 This makes no sense, you know, because also I'm like, I really want to buy a house. I want to like do all these things. But I'm like, I'm just like almost breaking even at the end of the month, right? Yeah. I don't have a luxurious lifestyle. Mm. Like, you know, I don't have a super fancy car. I don't live in Manhattan. I don't buy designer things and stuff like that. So I think um, a big part of like the debt-free journey for me was very like, because I was so hyper-focused on getting rid of this debt. Because I was like, I would never, I, it's like, you're working so hard as a nurse, right? You're working all these hours. You're physically like always tired. And I was always like, I cannot live my life for as long as I have um, this $75,000 debt, like weighing me down. You know what I mean? So that's what really pushed me to, oh my God, like I need to pay this off. I need to pay this off. I need to pay this off. So I, I was like not going out like crazy you know I wasn't spending a lot of money I also lived at home at first um and so then I just paid that off and then it turned out like last year I was just like I can't do this anymore it's like I'm working all these hours right in New York you know and I'm like where I have nothing to show for it so that's what really pushed me I was like yeah I'm gonna hop on this and take on this opportunity you know and be able to live in a new city, live where I want, like have sunshine all year long. And that was yeah. a big thing for me too. Working in New York City on nights, I would have like seasonal depression because I don't see wow. sun over six months yeah. of the year. My question is, how did you feel when you paid off the 73 to 74,000? My last payment, I remember it was August 10th of 2020. It was the best day ever. It was like, I had one payment left, right? I have the multiple loans within like a Discover private loans and my interest rate for each one of them are variable anywhere from 8% to 13% interest rate. So when I tell you I was going crazy, like paying that off so that I don't have to pay like triple my principal later on, that's what I was doing. So I had like two of them were already done and I had one left. And yeah, when I made that last payment, I honestly, I was like, finally able to breathe. Yeah. That's how I felt like I was like, Oh, my God, like a huge <laughs> weight off of my shoulders. It was unreal. So how much were you earning as a traveler when you first started weekly? I think it was grossing 49, a 49 week. a week, 49 a week. So let me tell you numbers wise. Okay, This yeah. is also part of my decision that was like, <laughs> It makes sense like you need to go last year so when i was looking at the numbers it tells you right the pay package and it's going to tell you your projected gross for that contract so a contract you know is three months right 13 yeah. weeks so i look at it and it was the number that the gross was i was like this is like my net for a whole year working as a staff nurse in new york Wow. <laughs> yeah, I started thinking like that and I looked at the numbers and I look at it so many times and I was like, it doesn't make sense for me to stay here. The longer yeah. I stay, the more money I'm losing, right? So that's yeah. that's what it was. So 49 a week, right? And then it was maybe 17 or 1800 of that is not taxed. You get your stipend weekly also. So how yeah. much were you actually coming home with? I want to say 38, 39. 
So close to 8,000 every two weeks. And how much was your rent at the time? When I first got there, I was renting a studio in the back of somebody's house. I was paying 1850, all utilities included for a studio. But then like literally a few days after I had gotten there, a family friend of mine saw me post something on Instagram and she hit me up. She was like, Hey, I live in Long Beach too. And it turns out she's 10 minutes away from the hospital. She had an extra room in her house. She's not a stranger because she's a family friend. And two months later, I moved in there and I was paying $800. And I was living with people and they would make me Filipino food. And it was like, oh, just, man, karaoke. it was awesome. <laughs> so what were you doing with your money at the time then? If you were only paying $800, don't tell me you were out partying every no, single no, week. No, 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 no. <laughs> okay. Maybe here and there, but not really. Yeah. For the whole time that I've been doing this travel nursing, um, I've been like trying to figure out how to allocate my money properly. I have it sitting and in my head, I was like, okay, I stopped contributing to my 403B from my previous job. I need to pull the money out and I just haven't done that yet. Yeah. And like actively start making contributions again so right now i just kind of have it sitting and i have some money in like i don't know like robin hood or something yeah like fourteen thousand there or something like that then i have from my four three b like 30 just there okay i need to pull it all out and like move it to like another account i had a conversation with les two episodes ago and he told me his problem as a traveler is every time he signs a new contract with a different agency he has a different retirement account with a different brokerage firm so the issue of trying to roll over your 401k into a 403b or 403b to another 403b it gets complicated after a while when you've done so many contracts because you might be switching agencies between contracts and they all use a different brokerage firm. So I've never done traveling before, Mm -hmm. but I can see why as a traveler, that would put you off from investing because you're constantly having to switch it over to a different So that's exactly what I had in my head, right? I'm like, well, I'm probably going to be moving around so much. Why would I contribute to my current agency or one or whatever? But then I was there for a year and I worked with the same Things. I was like, oh man, I could have done it. At the very minimum, you can do a backdoor Roth IRA. And what you'd have to do is open up a traditional IRA account. You can do this through like Fidelity or Vanguard. Because you make too much money, you're above the income limit, you have to do it as a backdoor Roth IRA. So you first open up an account with Fidelity or Vanguard, and then it's a traditional IRA, and you put in your $6,500 there, and then you have to immediately convert it into a Roth IRA. There's a whole bunch of videos on YouTube, but maybe I've, I'll make one eventually. I've but. heard about this. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, I've seen like other nurses post about these things. And I'm just like, that sounds really complicated. But it I, does? I know. Yeah. I know it's like just clickety-click and yeah. do yeah. it like that. But yeah. I was like, okay, let me, I need to do that. But you know what? It's a lot less complicated than having to transfer and roll over your 401ks and your 403bs every time you move from one agency to For another. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's honestly what I've been trying to avoid. So that's why I I just haven't done it. But also it's not a good idea for me to just have my money sitting sitting (laughs) there. It's a joke. I'm like, what am I doing? You know? So that's, that's the thing. I definitely, although I will say this. Yeah. Inflation is eating up all that cash that you have sitting around, but at the same time, it's better that you have that than spending all of that money instead. Yeah. (laughs) I'm not spending crazy. (laughs) But I will have to say, I, I was off for five weeks. Like, I took off five weeks yeah. in the summer, like, in August. And, like, 
the first half of September, right? Yeah. I was in Hawaii for two and a half weeks. Uh, wow. I was spending money and then yeah. income, then I had to pay for like my housing that I got like when I came up here to the Bay. So it was like a lot of money too that I was like, yeah. oh, man, yeah. all that time, you know, like, yeah, you're off. It's great. But it's also like, I was spending a lot of money. I was like going out to eat, like, you know, um, my goodbye dinner, my goodbye this. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it's just those things that like yeah. and your monthly expenses and things like that but I, honestly i i really i am very confident in the fact that like i have control over like i'm not like a crazy spender yeah so, see and and you know what and i don't blame you for that because you have to be able to enjoy yourself too there's people aiming for the fire movement they want to retire early but then they sacrifice so many things in the process you can you know maybe like just cut down a couple of things while you maximize your savings mm -hmm. but you don't have to cut down on everything in my opinion at least right. because monica and i like we enjoy going on vacations and so what happens is sometimes the amount of vacations we take will fluctuate so we'll like, let's say this year, we want to go on more vacations than we did last year, because last year, all we did was save our money mm. and invest it. So this year we went on, man, like almost a vacation every other month, if not every month. And we're going to go on another two in the next month. But again, like when that happens, I'll tell Monica, because she prefers to go on vacation more than me, because I want to focus on this YouTube channel, right? <laughs> but I'm like, okay, you want to go on a vacation? Fine. Just pick up some extra hours and we'll go on that vacation because I also don't want to be spending our earned income from work. We'll spend our extra income for our vacations, not what we're actually earning from our base salary. Right. No, that's a good way to think about it. And, and you're totally right because, and I have the same mindset too. It's like this whole year or this whole time that I've been traveling, I, think I give myself at least one eight day stretch a month, at least yeah. one of those. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll take off here and there. So I've taken off and I'll like even just do little things, you know, I was like driving down to San Diego by myself. I went to yeah. Hawaii by myself actually in May. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> I had five days, six days off. I was like, I have nothing to do. Let me go to Hawaii. <laughs> so I went to Hawaii by myself. What is the purpose of working all the time, saving your money, yeah. right? Like, yes, yeah, you'll have your investment in this and that. But you also, like, I'm very big on, like, I need to live my life also. Absolutely. You know, yeah. on top of working hard, right? Like, it gives me a little bit more push, kind of, that is, like, what else am I doing besides working? And, and, and you know, don't get me wrong. Like, everybody that knows me, knows that I am obsessed with quantifying our money in a way that grows exponentially. Like I love seeing the progress of all the hard work I put into like a business, but all of the vacations we've taken, all of the travel we've done, those experiences outweigh anything else we've done because to be able to explore the world for us, it really leaves like these lasting memories that we will never be able to get in any other way. Yeah. You know, that's why we still have to be able to do those things, even though I'm so focused on this business and making it grow as fast mm -hmm. as possible. Absolutely. And I think even like, for example, I'm sure like you've gone on vacation and like at some point during that time, you thought about like your side hustles, right? And you're this and that. Yeah. And like, I'm sure it has inspired you in some yeah. way. Right? Yeah. That push. So it's so great to have yeah. that. And I totally agree with the experiences. It's like, even though, yeah, you're there and like, you're like a money guy, right? You're like, yeah. okay, there's going to be this much money. It's going to cost like, or it's going to be expensive even while you're there. But to me, I'm like, I'm here experiencing all these yeah. things, right? I'm trying out all these foods. I'm seeing all these things I wouldn't have been able to see if I was just like where I'm living and stuff. So it's like, it's the experience. I totally agree. And that's, and that's a great way to think about it. It's like, yeah, the money you're spending, you'll make that again. And it's like but this, you're not going to see it again. Yeah. 
And yeah. it's funny because I actually ended up making a lot of connections with people that we meet in our travels. Because the last vacation we went to in the Cayman Islands, I had this conversation with Irve. He was one of the nurses. And I met this minority couple in the Cayman Islands that are from Connecticut. They used to live in New York and they opened up a restaurant initially in New York. And that restaurant then became a catering business, which then evolved into an event planning business where they would provide supplies and materials to people who wanted to plan events. And we met them through their daughter. Their daughter got along so well with ours mm -hmm. that their daughter asked them if they could stay in the Cayman Islands for another couple of days. They were like, say no more. They canceled their flights. They extended their stay. They went to the receptionist at the hotel and they said, we want to extend our stay. Can you give us another room or can we stay in the same room? They didn't even question it. They have so much money that it didn't, um, it didn't matter to them. And that's where I want to be in life. But being able to connect with people like that gives me inspiration. And I see that when we travel, we see that a lot. Yeah. And again, that's another like added bonus to it, you know? Right? Yeah. The way you're connecting and you're talking to people. When else would you have met like people like that, right? Not when you go to work, not when you're like just in your regular neighborhood. So it's, yeah. it's really great. I love yeah. being able to talk to people like that too. Yeah. Bring just like different energy and just different perspective on everything, you know? Absolutely. One thing that I, I remember hearing from somebody who's a multimillionaire, he was like, you know, the one thing that separates someone who's extremely successful from someone who's not is being able to get out of your comfort zone. So like sometimes when you want to start a business, it can be very intimidating and uncomfortable and you just don't want to proceed because it's like, man, I don't know what I'm getting myself into. And, you know, I've started and ended so many businesses over time. Like I've been doing stuff since I was like a teenager. You know, I would go to school, I would go to like Costco and buy packs of like Kit Kat bars and candies and stuff. And I would go to high school and I'd sell them and I would make like $300 a day doing that. Yeah. Right. And then I used to sell on eBay. I used, to, I was filing my taxes as a teenager. So like, I think I've gotten myself into a, like to the point where like, I, I no longer feel uncomfortable starting something new, even if I don't know how to start it. I just have to find a way. And I always try to find a way and taking courses is important, you know, but there's just, there's only so much the courses will do for you. It's going to have to be you yourself. That's going to have to push yourself to do it. Right? Exactly. No, I totally agree. Everything you said, like, I feel like my, this season of my life, like at least the past year has been like getting out of your comfort zone and just really going for things. Right. If I was never, if I wanted to be in my comfort zone, like I would still be in New York, you know, all of these yeah. things. And plus I'm, I, I've been living by myself, like moving, I've moved five times in the past year. <laughs> five times that okay. is insane okay yeah these are like my move from new york to yeah. california that's number one and then when i moved from that initial studio yeah. to my my family friend's place right mm -hmm. and then i stayed there for this whole time and then i moved from southern california to san jose for two weeks while i was waiting for this house to be available and then i moved again here <laughs> that's four times i don't know four or five times it's mad like just it, it it's taught me so much like a new level of independence yeah. but like in the best way possible because it's like you i literally only have myself like yeah. you know to to lean on and i'm like i'm doing all these things by myself i'm here working in new hospitals right meeting all these new people every time but also connecting and networking and meeting people who are like doing all these other things within nursing and it's just been like super eye-opening and it all started with like 
getting uncomfortable at first and then now you're used to being uncomfortable yeah you know well, this is normal and but it's yeah. like you 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 kind of embracing that feeling because i feel like if you're not uncomfortable i don't know maybe you need to be doing really something else yeah but like i have always been like that it's kind of like i never liked being in the same place i guess like with jobs obviously like this yeah. is my fourth year of nursing and this is my fourth nursing job wow yeah you know what i mean but it's not yeah. because i can't keep a job it's because i want to like once it's exactly you just want to grow yeah and that's what it is i like crave growth still mm -hmm. right i'm not like oh i'm just gonna stay here it's easy like no i'm like all right what else can i do like what what's next like where can i go after this like what else can i learn so it's always like con constantly like pushing myself and that's that's like honestly has been my biggest thing like even before like i i like love going to the beach and everything yeah. i love that but it's like the open water when you're looking at it i'm like oh it's so scary I <laughs> I tried surfing twice already. Like, I'm like, it's been great. Like, I got knocked down so many times. But I'm like, let me get back up on that thing and, like, just do it. You know what I mean? And it's just been like that. That's, like, my life lesson recently. And it's and it's great. Like, you know, you embrace it. And it, like, brings you so much more than what you think. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we actually tried surfing so many times. And it is, like, 10 times harder than snowboarding for us. So hard. <laughs> It really is. Yeah, the water, Mother Nature, she doesn't care. She is yeah. going to flip you and drown <laughs> you. And what are you going to do, right? You just, you have to get up and that's it. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so if anybody wants to reach out to you, like if they have questions and how to proceed with traveling, how can they reach you? Um, okay. I have an Instagram, a little bit active on there. I don't have like a giant following, but it's, yeah. it's Sheila Tequila. <laughs> <laughs> so that's my instagram uh, whoever wants to ask questions feel free um easily reachable there um that's pretty much my only platform right now so what kind of advice would you have for a nurse that's graduating soon okay so my words i think it's you can do it and it is worth it i know right now you hear a lot of things and you're seeing a lot of things within nursing that is like oh i don't want to do that or it's making people really scared it is so worth it. And nursing is a career that's going to give you the most opportunities to learn to grow in all aspects of your life and whatever your goals are, whatever that is. And you can use nursing to do that. And there's just so many endless possibilities within this career, whatever avenue, whatever path you decide to take. And with that said, you don't have to start in med surge. I know everybody says that to have a foundation. I don't believe in it. I ended up in it like because that's all I could get at the time, unfortunately. But if you want to start menstruation, you want to start LND, ICU, go for it. And you don't have to stay somewhere that you don't want to be or that you feel unhappy and you're not satisfied with. It's totally up to you to change like the trajectory of your career path and you have absolute most control of it. That's awesome. That. I love that. And take it from Sheila. She's moved five different places in less than a year. <laughs> Yeah, four <laughs> nursing jobs, four years of nursing. Four years. All right, guys, that's it for this episode. If you like this episode, then make sure you click on this video here so you can watch the last episode where I spoke with Nanelle, the UK nurse earning three to five times her nursing income as a content creator.